Hello, it is Thursday, April 1st. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA Podcast. A little delayed tonight, mostly because I was watching the goings-on on Twitter about Cage Fury and the guy that got his uh, finger ripped off. So a little delay because of that. Um, and uh, yeah, that happened and it was kind of gross. And uh, hopefully it doesn't happen again because that's weird and gross and no one wants to see it. And no one wants to ha- have it happen. Just uh, a weird, freakish injury. Terrible. Hopefully he gets it sewed back on um, and it'll function. But when you go to a fight uh, or when you're in a fight, you probably don't expect to lose your finger. But now that's another thing fighters have to uh, concern themselves about, I guess. Very strange. Okay, (laughs) well, enough of that weirdness. Let's get on to the regular weirdness that we go through in uh, MMA every day. Start off with the UFC. We've known about the UFC's deal with Venom for a while now. And it the deal began today. And we didn't get any news about the deal until today. And that is obviously a concern. And the probably the reason we didn't get any news about the deal until today was because it's not great. It's not great for the fighters. And that's what it should be good for, but it is not. So I'm going to run down the payments of what they were with Reebok and what they are with Venom. And the UFC said the payments were going up. And I guess that's true. But we should also consider the fact that when the Reebok deal was made, it was, I think, seven years ago. So inflation probably wipes out most, if not all, of these increases. So... One to three fights on Reebok was thirty five hundred, and now it's four grand. Four to five was four thousand. Now it's forty five hundred. Six to ten, five thousand. Now six. Eleven to fifteen, ten to eleven. It was ten. Now it's eleven thousand. Sixteen to twenty, it was fifteen. Now it's sixteen thousand. Twenty one plus went from twenty thousand to twenty one thousand. Title challenger went from thirty thousand to thirty-two thousand, and champion went from forty thousand to forty-two thousand. And as we know, fighters in the upper tiers who had good sponsorship deals will tell you that forty-two thousand is a drop in the bucket to what they used to get. So the deal didn't get any better for the fighters; it stayed the same. And the only thing it did, the same thing it did as last time, is keep them from making the money they should in sponsorship deals. Um, UFC COO Lawrence Epstein uh, told MMA Junkie that they paid tens of millions of dollars in cash to the athletes with the Reebok deal, delivered tens of millions of dollars of high-quality product to the athletes to use in their events and in their training. With this deal, we just wanted to more of what we were doing, which is deliver a high-quality product and pay money to our athletes. I don't think the fighters, if they had been asked, do you want uh, Venom gear and uh, this amount of money, if they would have accept, if they would have said, you know what, yeah, this is good for us. I think a lot of fighters, especially with the signing to ESPN 
and can go to sponsors and say, I can get your product on ESPN. I think a lot of fighters and their teams would have said, you know what, you can keep your Venom product, you can keep your Venom product payment, and I will go get my own sponsors. But not allowed because the UFC can do whatever it wants. Um, so it's gross. Again, it keeps the fighters tied to the UFC. It keeps the ability to earn money outside of the UFC down. It keeps the fighters captive to the UFC and forces them to fight more or less when the UFC asks them to because, well, no fight, no money. No sponsorships outside of the UFC and, and Venom, no money. And the UFC will tell you that the fighters still have the opportunity to get sponsors, but what sponsor is going to basically give a fighter money and not get anything in return? Because you can't advertise their product on ESPN. You're not in the cage with the product on or with the with the sponsor's name on your fight gear. And so what does the sponsor get out of that? They get nothing. So, yeah, the UFC will tell you a lot of things. Most of them technically are true, but the reality is quite different. Epstein said, and this is the same thing Dana White said about the Reebok deal, and let's not forget, it wasn't true then, and it's not true now. This is not a situation where the UFC is making money off this relationship with Venom. All of the product and, of course, all of the cash is being delivered to the athletes, and so this is a not a profit center for us. It's something we feel is very important for the UFC brand, and, of course, we're incredibly proud of the tens of millions of dollars we have delivered and will continue to deliver in the future. Um, you notice that the thing it was important for here is the UFC brand, not the UFC fighters. So what's more important to the UFC, the fighters or the brand? It's the brand. And this has always been the case. The UFC has used the brand as its main focus and Dana White as its second focus the fighters are the tertiary focus at best. No one cares about the fighters inside the UFC. Only they're just there to keep the machine running. And that's what is acknowledged here. It's important to the UFC brand. I, I don't give a shit about the UFC brand. The fighters, they probably don't give a shit about the UFC brand either. Because that brand treats them poorly treats them as independent contractors. If they were employees, maybe they would care a little more. They would also have better benefits and they'd be uh, part of the talks with when they get a sponsorship deal. But the UFC is not going to allow it to happen. The Reebok deal was reported at $70 million value and the payouts, according to MMA Junkie, uh, which Mike Bond followed from the start and did an excellent job reporting on, is $39.3 million. So slightly over half of what the deal was worth was cash to the fighters. The rest was the product and administration fees. So the product is not free, so to speak. When you build in the cost of the product that you're quote-unquote giving to the fighters and their teams every week, that's not 
what we were led to believe would happen here. We were led to believe that the $70 million would all be cash to the fighters. But instead, we saw that, you know, 31 million of that was products that the fighters more or less paid for so they could wear them and advertise for Reebok in the cage. So think about that. That's what this does to the fighters. It gives them product, quote unquote, gives them product, but they're actually paying for it through the cost of the deal. And then they're advertising for those folks as well and getting a pittance of sponsorship money. I don't understand how this is good in any way for the fighters. It's well, it's not because it's not important for the fighters. It's important for the UFC brand. If you would ask a fighter if they could wear the same gear, get it once, one time a year you get your gear. If you can wear the gear for three times and then say three times a year if you get three fights, could you wear that gear three times and just get cash for the other two times? I would suspect the fighters are going to go for the cash, but not an option. So every time you show up, you get a bunch of gear that, you know, how often are you going to wear your Reebok sneakers to the after you use them to go to the cage? Or even if you do use them to go to the cage, maybe you use the UFC slides. Maybe you don't even wear it. You never wear the sneakers, but you paid for them. See, it's a shitty deal. Shitty deal. Now, is the Venom product going to be better than the Reebok product? Sure. But if a fighter got to choose their own gear, maybe they wear Venom. Maybe they don't. Maybe they prefer to wear something else. But now they're stuck with Venom. And it's it's not a good deal. It's not a good deal. And this is the one of the more important things that Epstein said here is, is what the MMA junkie story finishes up with. We were happy with the way things worked out with Reebok. And frankly, we just wanted more of the same and to take it to the next level with Venom. And that's exactly what this program does. It doesn't. It, 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 maybe it improves the gear. Maybe. But it doesn't improve anything for the fighters. And here, again, I'm going to stress what Epstein said here. We just wanted more of the same. If you ask the fighters... If they wanted more of the same, what do you think they would say? I'm going to say the majority of them would reply that, no, we don't want more of the same. We don't want to be forced to wear things in a cage that we maybe don't like. We don't want to be forced to just have one sponsor and make less money than we could if we had multiple sponsors. We don't want more of the same. I don't want to see the fighters have more of the same. It's silly. The only ones that benefit from this are Venom and the UFC. Fighters get no benefit out of this, but the UFC is going to tell you that they do. It's untrue, and it's all a farce. It's just a way, another way to control the fighters and keep them quote-unquote hungry and fighting maybe when they shouldn't be fighting because, again, nobody's going to sponsor them when they can't get their sponsorship equipment and gear and name inside the cage and on ESPN. This is all bullshit. And, the, you know, did the fighters have any say in any of this? Probably not. Probably not. And, again, if the fighters were employees, if the fighters had a CBA, they would have a say in this. But they don't. And so, no say. The UFC says, here's your gear. 
you wear this or you don't get paid. Or maybe you don't even fight. It's a shitty deal. And we still haven't seen what the gear is going to look like. So that's, you know, I know that's probably not the most important thing. But you would think that maybe there would have been a launch of this. Maybe there would have been a rollout. But with the same thing as happening here with the delay and even speaking about it, if there's nothing happening or nothing announced, the odds are pretty high that it's not going to be a great deal for the fighters. So keep an eye on this. I'm sure it will be a sticking point going forward. Yesterday I spoke about uh, Dana White's, you know, and Habib Nurmagomedov's retirement and how that White handled it poorly and should have just left him walk away when he said he wanted to walk away. And there was some comments that Nurmagomedov made that said that White was more or less badgering him and sometimes he said, you know, unkind things to him in the process. There was another story here where White spoke about how Misha Tate is coming back and how Nurmagomedov and Rousey never will. And one of the quotes that struck me in this was when he was asked about Nurmagomedov's retirement. And this is what White said. I think it's for money and Habib isn't going to need any money anytime soon. So in the last dinner that we just had, I feel like he's done. He feels like his fighting was a lot of pressure on his parents and then what just went down with his dad, and now he's looking at his mom saying, I just can't do this to my mother. Well, first of all, what went down with his dad is that his dad died from COVID-19 complications. This isn't like some minor thing. What went down, you know, he, he, you know, he didn't retire from a job and is, is going to be sitting at home. He died. So that tells you it's a little callous of White to say what went down with his dad. That's not how you 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 speak of of someone like like Habib's father, but it's just something that happened to his dad, according to Dana White. And his mother asked him to not fight on after his dad passed, and Habib said he would not. And she didn't even want him to fight the last fight, but he said he was going to. And then he was going to retire, gave his mother his word, and that should have ended that in, in October. But what, so that's the first thing that really sticks out, the what went down with his dad. The second thing I think that really sticks out is White saying that he thinks the retirement is based on money and that Nurmagomedov is not going to need any money anytime soon. While the part about Nurmagomedov not needing money anytime soon is probably 100% true, or close to 100% true, because I don't see him out there blowing money on stupid watches and showing things off and doing things for show. He probably handled his money well and is probably going to be set. But this just shows you once again that White doesn't understand Nurmagomedov, doesn't understand fighters who maybe have uh, a will of their own and who are not motivated by money. Like I've said many times, I've never got the feeling that Nurmagomedov has been motivated by money. He's the kind of person and kind of fighter who is motivated by the the fight game, that he wants to accomplish things there, and that he, he accomplished everything he wanted to, and so he stepped away. Sure, he has enough money to, to retire on, 
but with the situation of his father dying and his mother saying that he didn't, she didn't want him to fight anymore, I don't think that he would have went on even if he didn't have enough money because he has options outside of competing. He can train, he can coach, um, and if his mother didn't want him to fight on, I think once he gave her his word, that was enough, and he will not go back on that, I don't think. But White, you know, you know, just thinks the motivation for everyone and everything and everyone around him is money. And that's obviously true for him because he doesn't need to do this job anymore, but he does it because of power and money. I don't think Nurmagomedov is interested in either of those things. Never got that feeling. McGregor, sure, he's motivated by money. John Jones, maybe because he wants his worth. I don't know if he's as motivated by money as we have been led to believe because if he was motivated solely by that, he would fight for the $10 million that was offered him allegedly for the Ngano fight. But he wants his worth. So he's probably someone that's in a position where he doesn't need to fight for money either, and good on him. But he's going to fight for, you know, what he thinks he deserves, which I applaud him for. Anyway, the whole thing here that White thinks that it's based on money is just crazy making. It's not. It never was. And White cannot grasp that. He just doesn't understand someone who has principles and is not motivated by just cash. It's just not even in his wheelhouse. He just can't comprehend that money is not the most important thing to people. It's not. It's not. Some people get enough and that's enough. I mean, it's nice to have it, but if your principles say... I'm a man of my word, and I'm not going to go back on that word strictly for money. Well, then money is not the most important thing to you. And maybe someone like Nurmagomedov, family is the most important thing to him. And so he respects his family, and he retires. Not about money, never about money. And White needs to, you know, sit and think about things and understand people a little better that maybe you can't make everything happen by throwing cash at it. It works some of the times, maybe it works most of the time, but it doesn't work all the time, and it didn't work with Habib. Speaking of money, the UFC allegedly offered John Jones eight to ten million for his fight to fight Francis Ngannou, and he's not going to take it, and he shouldn't take it. I don't think. Here's what he said on Twitter: As of right now, I expressed to him, speaking of Hunter Campbell of the UFC that anywhere around 8 to 10 million would be way too low for a fight of this magnitude. That's all that has been discussed so far. I'm supposed to be waiting for what their offer is going to be, really hoping the numbers are nowhere near that low. I guess we'll see what happens. One thing I'm sure of, I've never had more people excited to see a fight than they are now. I literally can't walk to my mailbox without someone asking me about the fight. Now, I don't believe that part to be true about the mailbox, but I think that the other part is true that this is the fight that more people have been anxious to see for John Jones since maybe the uh, option of a Brock Lesnar fight or the first Cormier fight. Because this is a fight that, you know, people are thinking John Jones not only won't win, but can't win. I think that's what people see in this fight. And so they want to see it. 
Um, Jones went on to say that he fought um, through his 20s for around $2 million per fight, and he's just looking for his payday. And I, if that's what he fought for, which maybe, maybe not, maybe it was more on some fights and less on others, and so maybe that's the average. But we know what the, and I hate to beat this again and again and again, but we know what the revenue split is. And we know the UFC is in uh, the 80% range. And we know that Nganu and Jones, if put on the right card, can probably be one of the most lucrative fight cards in UFC history. And so Jones wants the chunk of what he should get. And is that $20 million? Is that $15 million? It's probably in that ballpark. And you know what? He'll still be on the short end if they give him that. He'll still be getting ripped off. And I know people will say that that's not true, but it is. The UFC makes so much more money than the fighters, it's a joke. They're not going to take a loss on this even if they pay Jones 15 to $20 million. They're not. Now the problem becomes, like I've said, low bidder gets the uh, gets the gig, and as expected, Derek Lewis, who is fighting for money, which again, nothing wrong with that, because I think Derek Lewis knows his time in the sport is limited, and he's going to get as much as he can before he gets out, and he said he would do it for eight million, so. I think that the UFC would probably want to pay Lewis less than that, probably five million. But if the option is Jones at fifteen to twenty and Lewis at eight, well, Derek Lewis is probably going to get that fight. So the question then becomes, what if someone else rolls in and says they'll do it for one to two million? Will Lewis be out of the running too? Possibly, quite possibly, because the UFC doesn't really care who it puts in these fights anymore. The UFC is is more focused on profits right now than it is on putting fights together that the, that the fans want to see. That has changed significantly between the Fertitta brothers era and the Endeavor era. The focus now is money, 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 get that IPO, and get as much money as possible. Endeavor did not buy the UFC to pay more for fights, to pay more for fighters. It bought the UFC because of how much money it made for its ownership group. And it's not going to change that. And so the low bidder is most likely going to get the fight. If it's Derek Lewis, it's Derek Lewis. It's not going to be John Jones. So again, I don't think we see John Jones fight Francis Ngannou in 2021. I don't, and I'm not sure we ever see him fight Francis Ngannou unless his asking price dips down below ten million. I think ten million is is your max the UFC is going to pay him. And Don Jones, if he sticks to his guns, I just don't see him getting this fight. I wish him luck. I hope he gets the money he deserves, but I just don't see the UFC doing that because it sets a different standard. They did it with McGregor, and they realized it was a screw up. They're not going to do it with Jones. So we'll see where this goes. But my gut tells me Lewis and then if someone comes in lower who is an actual contender that the UFC can comfortably sell, it's going to be who's lower than Lewis. This is a bidding war for the, for the lowest amount the UFC can get.
but we'll see what happens. But uh, not excited about it, that's for sure. Not excited about it. And on that note, I'm going to call it a night. I plan on being back for uh, Friday night here. I got some more things I still want to catch up on. Sorry, uh, I didn't have a good week with the with the podcast here, but getting caught up uh, was out of the office here. So I'll get caught up, and then we'll go from there. Go back to almost daily or daily if possible. So I'll be back tomorrow and talk about some more things. Until then, everyone stay safe. Mm-hmm.